Greetings once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are looking at the subject of worship. And based on John 4.23 and Philippians 3.3, we have come up with a working definition for worshiping in spirit and truth. The definition is, to worship in spirit and truth means to give honor or worth to God with a pure heart cleansed by the blood of Christ through confession and through the enablement of the Holy Spirit apart from fleshly motivation or influence. Now we have already considered the meaning and implications of the first two phrases, to give honor or worth to God with a pure heart through confession. And in our last message, we began to discuss the third phrase of the definition, to worship through the enablement of the Holy Spirit, apart from fleshly motivation or influence. The emphasis here is that worship in spirit and in truth is worship that is completely void of worldly or selfish contamination. Moses' confrontation with Pharaoh illustrates this requirement. You recall that in Exodus chapter 7, Pharaoh refused Moses for his request to let the people of God go to worship him. God sends him back to the ruler with the same demand, but again Pharaoh refuses. So the first plague is inflicted upon Egypt. The river Nile turns into blood. But again, Pharaoh refuses to let the people go. So God inflicts the land with a second plague, frogs. Pharaoh refuses to go again. So God sends a third plague, lice. Pharaoh still refuses. So a fourth plague is imposed, flies. Now he begins to bend a little. Notice Exodus chapter 8, verse 25. Quote, Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to your God here in the land. This is the first way Satan seeks to contaminate our worship, by worshiping according to the customs and dictates of the world, not in spirit and in truth. Go, sacrifice to God in this country. In other words, Pharaoh is saying, Worship God in the world in a worldly fashion. Worship in the flesh. I challenge anyone then who is truly objective and truthful in their evaluation to deny that most of what we call worship in our churches today are drawn from and influenced by what is done in the entertainment world. Is it not true that the emphasis for the most part is on how much hype and excitement we can generate in our services? How much time or focus is put on true heart preparation and confession of sin before offering worship? How much time is spent on reflection and meditation? as compared to clapping, shouting, and dancing around. Now, please don't misunderstand me here. I believe that clapping, singing in a loud voice, and even dancing are appropriate forms and expressions of worship. But these must not be forced. These must not be contrived or done without regard to order, godly decorum, or just plain decency. We will talk about these things in a later message. My point here is that corporate worship in spirit and truth through the enablement of the Holy Spirit, should also involve a time for introspection, confession, and quiet reflection upon the one we are worshiping. I dare say that many times we get so caught up in the beat of the music, the excited prompting of the worship or song leader, that we actually forget that we are supposed to be worshiping a holy God rather than experience a high for ourselves. Pharaoh is a picture of Satan himself. And he tried to entice Moses, a picture of the people of God, to worship in his land, the land of Egypt, a picture of the world. But Moses stands his ground. Verse 26, Moses says, That would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. 
And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in their eyes, will they not stone us? We must take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God as he commands us. So Moses is adamant. And so he says to Pharaoh, if we offer worship to our God in the way you have suggested, it would not even be acceptable to your own pagan people. We must worship the way God has commanded. But that old devil won't give up. Pharaoh offers Moses another compromise. He says in verse 28, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the desert, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. What a shrewd hypocrite. Don't go very far. Stay as close to worldly worship as you can. In other words, mix a little spiritual with the fleshly, truth with error. Many churches are doing this very thing today when it comes to worship. Rather than get as far away from worldly influence and methods as they know they should, instead we try to see how close we can get to the world and still call our means and action Christian. The result is diluted and contaminated worship, worship that is not accepted by God. But Pharaoh, he goes back on his offer. So God sends Moses before Pharaoh again. And in chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, say. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them back, the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock in the field, on your horses and donkeys and camels, on your cattle and sheep and goats. End of quote. Pharaoh refuses, and the fifth plague is imposed. Death to all the livestock. Pharaoh still stubbornly refuses, so a sixth plague is inflicted. Boils. Pharaoh still refuses, so a seventh plague is imposed. Hail. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is in verse 13, Get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh, and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, Let my people go so that they may worship me, or this time I will send the full force of my plagues against you and against your officials and your people, so you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. End of quote. My friends, Pharaoh refuses, and the hail devastates the land. Pharaoh weakens a little. In verse 27 he says, Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I have sinned, he said to them. The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. End of quote. But after God stops the hail, Pharaoh again hardens his heart and he goes back on his word. And so God promises an eighth plague, locusts. Pharaoh relents a little, but he says in chapter 10, verse 10, The Lord be with you. If I let you go along with your women and children, Clearly you are bent on evil. No, have only the man go and worship the Lord, since that's what you have been asking for. Then Moses and Aaron were driven out of Pharaoh's presence. End of quote. In other words, Pharaoh, who is a picture of the devil, as we said, Pharaoh says, go and worship, but leave your family behind. Now listen, that's the Satan. That's the word. That's another voice from God. Not from God. That's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the evil one. Go and worship, but leave your family behind. Don't be concerned with family relations or responsibility when you worship. It doesn't matter that you are living an adulterous life. Go and worship anyway. It doesn't matter what you are, that you are an abusive husband and father. 
Go and worship anyway. It doesn't matter that you waste your money on wine, women, and song rather than providing for your family. Go and worship anyway. It doesn't matter whether you are obeying, respecting, or honoring your parents. Go and worship anyway. My friends, that's the voice of the evil one. And when you believe these things, you believe the lies of the evil one himself. But yet how many husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, and children worship Sunday after Sunday, Lord's Day after Lord's Day, under such conditions and such situations. And they go and they believe that they are offering acceptable worship. How sad. Because the Bible is clear. God does not receive such worship. Moses refuses the offer of the God of this world, represented by Pharaoh. So the plague of locusts is imposed upon the land. Again, Pharaoh pleads for mercy, and the plague is lifted. But again, he refuses to let the people go. So a ninth plague is imposed, darkness. As a result, Pharaoh relents with reference to families. But he imposes another obstacle in the way of God's people worshiping him the way God wants. He says in verse 24, Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Go worship the Lord. Even your women and children may go with you but leave your flocks and herds behind, end of quote. In other words, the God of the world, the evil one, who's preventing his God's people from worshiping him in spirit and truth is saying, go, but don't use your wealth or possessions. Don't let your worship cost, cost you anything. But Moses would have nothing to do with this idea. My friends, listen carefully. We must worship God not only with our entire being, our spirit, soul, and body, our emotions, intellect, and volition. But we must worship him also with all that we have, money, wealth, and possessions. Listen to the response given in Exodus chapter 10 by Moses, verse 25. But Moses said, You must also let us have sacrifice and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice them to the Lord our God. Therefore our livestock too will go with us. Not a hoof will be left behind. For we shall take some of them to worship and serve our God. And until we arrive there, we ourselves do not know with what we shall worship or serve the Lord. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Beware. Do not see my face again. For in the day you see my face, you shall die. And Moses said, You are right. I shall never see your face again. End of quote. Now you know the rest of the story. Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let God's people go to worship him the way God desired until the, until the death angel killed every firstborn of the Egyptians. Even then, Pharaoh relented and pursued the Israelites to try to enslave them again. God finally destroyed him on his army by drowning them in the Red Sea. And all because he tried to prevent God's people from worshiping God the way he demanded. My friends, listen carefully now. Satan, the god of this world, of whom Pharaoh is a picture, does the same thing today. He's trying to prevent God's people from worshiping him in spirit and in truth through the enablement of the Holy Spirit, free from the influence of the world, the flesh, and the devil. The Christian as an individual and the church as a corporate body must be like Moses. We must resist and reject all such enticements or compromise to prevent us from worshiping God the way he desires, in spirit and in truth. It will cost us to make this decision and to worship in this fashion. 
Even some Christians will oppose us. But we must obey the word of God and seek to worship him as he prescribes, not as the world or the flesh dictates. We must worship God, I say, my friends, in spirit and in truth, with heart and life cleansed by the blood of Christ through confession, through the enablement of the Holy Spirit, and free from fleshly motivation or influence. And we should do this, we must do this, regardless of what it costs us. These are the kind of worshipers God is seeking. Let me ask you something, my friends. Are you such a worshiper? Is your church such a church? Are you worshiping God in spirit and in truth? Or are you allowing the God of this world, the flesh and the devil, to prevent you from worshiping God the way he desires? Are the influences of the world, the flesh and the devil causing you to offer worship Lord's Day after Lord's Day that is not acceptable to God? My friends, I say again, we must worship God in spirit and in truth with heart and life cleansed by the blood of Christ through confession, through the enablement of the Holy Spirit, and free from fleshly motivation or influence with our entire being and all that we have. These are the kind of worshipers God is seeking. I ask you again today, are you such a worshiper? Is your church such a worshiping church? As always, this is Pastor Lee saying, Sila, think and act on these things.